This week's episode of Why Do You Know That contains spoilers for Series 11 of The Great British Baking Show. It's The Great British Baking Show, Series 11, this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That, the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. We're approaching the holiday season. We're in the middle of it. Fantastic. (laughs) What does it mean anymore? I'll tell you what. I'm not going anywhere. I will drive by your house and throw candy canes out the window at you. You know what? We'll do a 24-hour Twitch session. (laughs) From 5 p.m. Christmas Eve until 5 p.m. Christmas Day. We're gonna we're gonna catch Santa. We are going to, we are going to have a trap, like a Bugs Bunny esque uh, stick with a box on it, and then you pull the string, and then Santa gets in there, and then we got him. That and I think honestly, that's a I think that's a really good idea for a Christmas movie too. If I think of something that families would love, it's me and you catching Santa. <laughs> Specifically us. Yeah. Uh, two two foul-mouthed idiots who are going to, like, hour four into catching Santa, just be like... Act one is going to end with us being, like, okay with not catching Santa. <laughs> <laughs> we give up. The midpoint is Santa finally shows up, and we're like, oh, hey, man. Oh, we kind of, like, went to go do a thing. We got on a whole tangent. We and were Sa- like... <laughs> and Santa's going to be like... Well, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. I'm looking for Christmas cookies. Is it possible that you baked any Christmas cookies for me? (laughs) If not, it's okay because I'm going to England. (laughs) (laughs) Be do, be do, be be do. Oh, my. That's the psych alert going off. One of our finest yet. Let's bring in. Our amazing guest. He's a writer and actor. You may have seen him on the new Reno 911 on Quibi. Please welcome Chris Renfro. Hello, Santa Chasers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, happy holidays, Chris. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. How how have you been faring during the holiday season? Oh, you know, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Bad and also not good. (laughs) (laughs) but who is yeah Yeah. um yeah i mean nothing is i feel like nothing has ever been good in quarantine but it especially became not good somewhere roughly in the range of november until now daylight saving it's yeah it's it's the day's shortening i i was worried about that for you it's absolutely fucked me up yeah I sleep with all my windows or like my curtains open to try to like get my rhythm in step or something, but it's just not working when the sun goes down at 2 p.m. Yes. Yeah. Daylight savings does not help matters. And it's also this outdated time thing that we simply do not need anymore. It it messes with me. I don't like when it gets dark so early because I just don't understand what's happening. And I'll be like, oh, it's time for bed. And it's like 745. Uh, And yeah, and this year, because we're all just like sitting around watching it happen in like real time, (laughs) like it's not like, oh, man, it was light out when we went to the movie. Now it's dark or like, oh, man, um, I've been driving all day. I watched the sun go down. It's literally just, well, 
I'm sitting in my house when it's light out. Now it's yeah. dark out. <laughs> Today's the 283rd day I stayed inside and almost died. Is it? Has it been 283 days? It's probably been more. Oh. It's, who knows? We'll Why never nobody, know. I'm surprised nobody's been counting. I'm sure someone's been counting. Well, but I'm, we can think of, uh, if lockdown was on the 16th, uh, there's 30 days plus 28 was 59 plus, uh, I don't know, 64. So just under 300. What's wow. today? So yeah, two, around 280 some. I was wow. pretty close. Hey Nadia, Chris is really good at math. Yeah, you are really. Do you think, <laughs> hey, Nadia, hey Nadia, do you think um, Chris can use that kind of, do you think maybe if he's good at fractions that could help him in the kitchen if he were, you Sure, know, if he's like trying to uh, bake a cake. Yeah. or like some if kind he, of dough. If he needed to make something like on a more technical level challenge. Some sort of technical challenge. <laughs> Some sort of or if it was, talent. or if it was just cake day, <laughs> cake week, cake, cake week. week. Sorry, cake week. Air weeks. Uh, that brings us to today's topic, which is the Great British Bake Off, specifically series eleven. Which, or uh, I guess that would be eight on Netflix. Eight on Netflix. Yeah. So season eight slash series eleven, which is. The 2020 edition of the Great British Bake Off. Chris, why do you know that? <laughs> um, I got absolutely obsessed with um, uh, it's called the uh, Great British Baking Show in the US because of copyright laws. Um, uh, right. The week of the election was obviously so, so, so exhausting. And it just left me like mentally drained. I was one of the people who was just like staring at the TV 24 seven. I could not unplug. Um, and when it was done, I was just like, I needed something that was nice and brainless um, and calming to, to put my mind to. And I tried to watch an episode of an earlier season earlier in quarantine and it just didn't stick, but this was like the right time. And it's just like that music and like how nice the bakes are and how just outside of attainable they are, but like not too crazy, like some professional cooking show, something about it just like felt really, I don't, really safe. Really, no, you say attainable. <laughs> Somebody has not seen the Stroop Waffle technical challenge because <laughs> broke the baker's brains. <laughs> uh, uh, I think about that one a lot. I, I, I don't too. think I've ever, I don't think I've ever had one, but they look really good, and I want. They have one. them at Seven Eleven. They are um, delicious, but it's pretty much just like oh, crun a crunchy sugar patty. Yeah, um, I mean, like, yeah, you do it, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, had you, you hadn't really gotten into Great British Bake Off um, or Great British Baking Show uh, prior to this at all. You were just like, I saw a, a singular episode a, a couple months and that's prior, it. and that was okay. it. And I don't even think I finished it. So it wasn't even like I don't know 2015 where you're like, oh yeah, I remember this, but I didn't, you know, get into it or anything. All yeah. quarantine, I didn't even know it existed before quarantine. What? Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Sorry okay. to judge, but oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, and then I've gone. I've just been truly obsessed with it. I um, I ended up watching three full seasons uh, in a week, 
Mm-hmm. And then I finished all of the seasons that are on Netflix, plus the holiday specials and the and the master classes that uh, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood have. Yes, uh, which are not good. Those are actually no. so bad. <laughs> um, but I finished all of those by the end of the month. Um, okay, so you got yourself a crash course in how to bake. Yes, by watching yeah. these. Yes, I pay, I do pay close attention. I've seen season 11 two and a half times. I'm uh, I'm in the middle of my third watch. Oh my god. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into Well, hold on. So you've seen a few seasons now. Besides series 11, which other series/seasons have you seen? All of them. All of them. But like which ones stand out for you? Um uh series 3, which is um Netflix's uh, it's actually its own thing called the Great British Baking Show Beginnings. Yes. Which is, they just have one season in there. And I, I wonder if that must have been like the transfer over from BBC to Channel 4. Um, no, I don't know. I actually don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, they really don't make it easy to, you know, figure out what's what we get versus what's over there. Yeah, super confusing. I don't appreciate it. And I'm trying to find the first two seasons and I don't really know quite how. Oh, I bet if you got um, like a VPN, one of those things where you can change what like country like servers think your computer is accessing the internet from, you could probably go to like a BBC website or something and find those. Yeah, so I did try. And we are not sponsored by NordVPN, you guys. (laughs) I have NordVPN and I have tried that, but the BBC requires you to. Uh, like input your England address and they have like a special government thing that you access BBC through. And so listeners, if anybody can help out Chris, if anybody can point him in the right direction. Um, I know for a while they were on PBS, but I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, Email us at why do you know that at gmail.com? Sorry. Why do you know that pod at gmail.com? I got distracted because Fruit snack. Steve's cat has come on the screen. She um, anyway, look at that cat ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cat ass. Just waving her butt in everybody's face. Um, email us. Let us know if there's any way Chris can watch series one and two because the man is obsessed. Uh, please please email us. Me. Email please us. Help me. Make sure you put in the subject line, all caps, urgent colon for Chris, period, so he can watch the show and we'll know what show <laughs> we'll know what show you're talking about so chris let's say aliens came down and you were like oh let me introduce you to some of earth's culture we have the show called great british bake off like how would you explain the show to somebody who's never seen it has no idea what this is about yeah the great british baking show is a is the nicest reality competition show ever created where you get 12 or 13 a baker's dozen contestants together in an outdoor tent and for one uh what well, one uh, 12 weekends but in one weekend encapsulates one of the 10 episodes so in one weekend you, they're asked to do three challenges um, all of which consist of some sort of baking. Every week has its own theme, a la bread week, cake week, dessert week. Um, and each weekend, the contestants get to prepare two of their bakes, one signature bake um, that kind of prioritizes flavor over style. They get one bake that they don't get to know about until the moment they start baking. 
um, called the technical challenge, which tests their technical skill. And then they have on Sundays, their um, showstopper challenge, which is meant to incorporate all of their skills in the best way. And every week, one person is kicked off their merry little show uh, until one by one, everyone's eliminated until the end, where someone is crowned um, the winner. But um, a little asterisk on this is that this show doesn't offer the winners any prize whatsoever. Uh, it's just to say that you have won the show. Yeah, it's all pride. It's all British pride. <laughs> there's no money involved. There's not even plain money. for. There's not even like winning for charity, like the way say, like a chopped celebrity is. It is a competitive show without much of a competitive edge, apart from just, I want to win this to say that I did it. I yes. think a lot of it, it stems from when it started on the BBC because you can't win prize money on the BBC because mm -hmm. it's uh, publicly funded. So like all even Drag Race UK, they just won. I think the winner got um, like you get a badge every time you win a challenge. And a Rupita. Yeah, a Rupita. And then... Um, and then the winner got like a web got to come to Hollywood for a web series, which is like, I mean, you guys, we we won Drag Race UK years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? I'm what so sorry. I uh, did you see that? I just caught a fly with my bare hands, but um, I didn't squeeze hard enough, and then I opened it, and then it flew away. <laughs> <laughs> that was so wild. <laughs> no, <laughs> you didn't watch it. It kind of like hobbled away in the sky. He can <laughs> bake. He can do math. He can catch flies. Kind of. What can't he do? That's some karate kid shit. That was so wild to me right now. So, um, okay. So going back for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone off the rails. <laughs> It really has you know what? Back. If we got to the topic within 15 minutes, it's a good day for us. Honestly, true. Um, okay, so series three is a favorite of yours. What's another uh, moment, uh, Baker, something else apart from series 11 before we like do a deep dive in on it? I can tell you my absolute favorite Baker of any season, and it's um, Val. She's this older woman from one of, I don't know, like, I'm going to say season nine, but I don't know if that's true. It's one of the later seasons. She's the dang sweetest person to ever walk the face of this planet. Um, I'm, like, truly in love with her. Like, I immediately, as soon as that season was done, went and followed her on Instagram. And then she started interacting with me on my Instagram, and I felt so seen. Oh! <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it was very sweet. She and is was... part of series seven. Okay. Um, and she and Selassie are still friends. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. <laughs> that is truly wonderful to hear. Um, I am very partial to the to what I jokingly referred to as the only other good Nadia, which is Nadia Hussein, yes. who uh, uh, has become kind of a, a thing. She's got cookbooks. She's like had a whole career show. take off because of this show. Yeah, she has a show on Netflix. Like there's a lot that has happened for her career wise. And I'm just thrilled that uh, she she's gotten to make such a name for herself. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Kim Joy Hewlett. Oh, Kim Joy. How can you not love her? 
Gosh. She's great. Uh, I love the way her brain works. I love seeing what she creates. I, I'm a big fan of each season, how they've kind of got the... I don't know what they're going to call it in the casting, uh, but you can tell that they're just sitting around going, now we need a fun baker. Like just one person who's just a little quirky. And that's always <laughs> the person that I end up being like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kim Joy was the person for that season, although Ruby was also great, but Ruby's less quirky. She's just a good baker. Um, uh, who the winner was um, Raul. Oh, I loved that season. Yeah. They were all such good bakers and they were all so different. Yes, that might be my favorite series, series nine with the with all of them. And they all got so close, but uh, it's tough to it's tough to compare. You have know, you watched all of them question. also. Um, I have watched all that is available on Netflix, so I have not gone back into um, some of the beginnings. I think I started at, let's see, it would be, I think, Series 6. Um, so in 2015. Um, no, before that, before that, a couple years before that, because um, I think maybe Series 4. I'm looking it up really quickly just to make sure, because I believe that's the one that Francis won. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's the one where I think I started and went like, "Oh, I love this. This show is amazing." Um. Yeah. Uh, Steve, which are your favorite season moments and or bakers? Um. I'm from. Uh, I've seen more of the like the first few Netflix ones. Um. I'm. I'm a little behind on it. Um, a, I mean, the defining moment of this show for me is the Bincident, Baked Alaska Week. Oh, um, yes. That's a huge... I mean, that was... That's the the fact that that's the most dramatic thing that had happened on that show was just a guy getting frustrated and being like, ugh, well, this is ruined. I guess I have to throw it out, um, is incredible to me. Um, one of my favorites, I really like... She was... a. She wasn't as easy to root for on the show, Ruby, because everything, every episode was kind of, it was very like poor me. Like, I don't think I'm going to do very well. It was like, Ruby, I can't cheerlead you if you're not going to cheerlead yourself. But she's very active outside of the show. She speaks up about like wellness in uh, like, she's critical about like wellness culture and is like very pro like having a healthy relationship with food and stuff like that. And she called out Paul Hollywood for racist stuff. So I really like Ruby and I like the guy from a recent season who kept cutting his fingers. Yes. <laughs> because uh, that's where I, cause that was the rabbit hole where I found out why they have blue band-aids uh, overseas in the UK. And it's because if it falls into food, You'll see it, which makes me wonder, why don't we use blue band-aids? This is a very good question. <laughs> Another example of America just kind of fucking we, it yeah. up. Well, we're good at something. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Not this year. Not this year. Um, yeah. Going back to the <laughs> the incident with the baked Alaska challenge, that is one of the few times I think I've ever, like, gasped audibly when I was watching television and gone like, no, because you just, you, you hate to see it. My question to you guys is, do you think he was sabotaged? 
Um, no, I think that he was a victim of uh, just a, uh, you know, just a woman who d- is not is not used to working in a high pressure uh, competition kitchen setting and just had a brain fart. And I think the following week when she like left out of illness, I think she was like, I can't go back. I ruined that guy's show. I'm done. Uh, She didn't strike me as somebody that would sabotage, but I'd I'd love to hear some theories. I have a different take. So I am like uh, close to that. Like, I don't think she went in with the attention of being like, I'm going to sabotage this man. Here's my chance. But I also don't think that she was of pure intent. So I've done a lot of reading on this uh, on this oh, moment. Oh, and good. so uh, for people that haven't seen the show, um, everyone's baking outside. And of course, because it's a reality show, if, um, if they have to bake something sensitive, uh, heat sensitive, of course, they're going to put that bake off um, during the hottest week uh, in England. Uh, And so this week is one of those. They've decided to do Baked Alaska with like ice cream setting. Yeah, we should we should iterate. Fuck me. We should iterate. A Baked Alaska is like an ice cream cake that you then uh, flambe, I think. So it involves needing your cake to be cold. Yes. Very important. Um. What usually goes on is that every two bakers share a fridge freezer setup. But what happened this week is that the heat um, or something had broken a couple of their fridges that week. And I think they were down to like six or seven bakers. But this week, they only had two fridge freezers for everyone to share. Um, And then they brought in like an extra freezer or whatever, but it was like just barely enough for everyone to sort of get their cakes in. Um, I can't remember. I don't remember the guy's name. What? Ian. Oh, yeah. So Ian, um, his cake fridge uh, on his side of the room gets filled up because he's slower than everyone else or whatever. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to go to the other side. He puts it in that fridge. Um, There is no rule that says this fridge is for these people. It just sort of, you feel it out. Like you two are closest to here. So that is de facto your fridge, but it's not a rule. It was to the other contestants. I don't remember her name, the older woman, her understanding. Diana. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. She thought that everyone was assigned a fridge. Um, so when she saw that it was in there, she says, no, no, this isn't mine. And this isn't my friends. And this isn't blah, blah, blah. I'm taking this out. She didn't bother to ask around the tent. She Whoa. didn't bother to raise her voice and say, whose is this? I'm taking it out. She, in the moment of the competition said, no, you're not going to do this. And she took it out and did, chose not to say anything, which I think in a way is I against that. the spirit of the show. Yeah. Um. So uh, something that I found in looking this up is that Sue Perkins, who was one of the hosts, there are hosts for this show. If you don't know, they have changed hosts uh, a few times. And we'll get to that because they changed them again slightly for uh, Series 11. Uh, Sue Perkins, which is one of the hosts before, said on Twitter at the time, Ian's Alaska was out of the freezer for 40 seconds. That's it. No sabotage. 40 seconds of normal temp would not be enough to reduce it to liquid. Uh, which is, I don't know what to make of that. Um, well, do you, do you have any thoughts, Chris? No, I'm just here to say I don't like Sue anyway, so I don't trust her. <laughs> I'm not going to trust anything out of that person's mouth. 
<sighs> Sue is a snake. I'll say it. Sue is a <laughs> Sue is a fucking snake, and I'm glad she's gone. Wow. Sue she was a- on there for a very long time as a host. Who was Sue with? I liked um, my problem with Sue with, with those two with Mel and Sue is um, they were just a little too and I, you know, not to be disrespectful, but they were a little too goddamn nosy. Yes. Yes. And I feel like the the later hosts don't have as much of an issue of like, you know, uh huh. How cute! They've got to finish frosting their gingerbread house, so you're gonna bothersomely ask them questions. Like I hate that, and I feel like Sue is a big perpetrator of that. There was one single moment that really encapsulates what you're saying, in that um, there was uh, I think it was a moose or something like that. It was something delicate and something that goes on the top of the cake as a finisher, and um, Sue came across one of the contestants for one of her little normal annoying a little annoying interview and she was like uh, can i try that and she tries it and she's like this is amazing and then she grabs the bowl and walks away and it turns into this whole thing that goes on for like five minutes that where mel is trying to get that back so that she can fucking finish her bake uh and sue just is like her little clowny ass self yeah it's real the bra- it's, it's real the boss brought their kid to work vibes <laughs> <laughs> there is also a moment where Sue uh, breaks Nadia's biscuit lid in a showstopper yes. challenge. And that's when I was like, <gasps> I don't know about you. Ruining I hate Sue because she reminds me of me. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were hosting the show, that's what you would be doing. You'd be doing bits that go on too long and then screwing up other people's bakes. Yeah, I would fuck everyone's bakes right the hell off. <laughs> That's why she pisses me off because she is the conduit to me. You spot it, you got it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hate another sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I fucking love. Um, no, I, I don't, is it Noel or Noel Fielding? I believe I it's, it's Noel. Noel. Right, Noel Fielding. I've never yeah. heard his voice or his. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard his name said out loud. I don't think. Uh, Noel is great. So then, Noel and. Um, uh, oh shoot! What's her name? Uh, Sandy. S- Sandy. Thank you. I was about to say Sarah, and I'm like, that's not it. Noel and Sandy took over for a few seasons, and then this year, so we can sort of start to get into it. So, series eleven happened during quarantine. So it happened in 2020. They filmed it all during 2020 in the middle of this raging pandemic. And the first thing that they did is they replaced one of our beloved hosts, Sandy, with. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> human goblin himself, um, uh, Matt Lucas. Thank you. I was gonna say Matt Barry. I keep screwing up everybody's names. I'm like, Matt Barry is not who I'm thinking of. Matt Lucas, yes. Okay, so like the very first scene to kick this shit off is <laughs> Matt Lucas doing a prime minister, uh, Boris Johnson impression. Saying, we are saying in regards to baking, if you must bake in a tent, bake in a tent, but please don't bake in a tent. Uh, And just basically making fun of the governmental restrictions that uh, I'm sure British folks were making fun of, much like the ones over here in the U.S. Uh, What an introduction. 
immediately. Like, no, hey, we've got a new person. They just immediately are like, hey, we're not only going to do uh, an impression of the prime minister, we're also just going to like jump right into it and assume you get it. We know that everybody absolutely loves Sandy. We know that everybody um, would be heartbroken if Sandy left. We know that everyone watches the show for Sandy. Anyway, this is the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. (laughs) That was so much of what it was. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? This entire season, because uh, the first thing is like, let's make fun of the way. Is it scone or scone? And I'm like, okay. I thought he was a past contestant because one, he looks like a past, he looks like a past contestant or he looks like he could have been a past contestant. And then the familiarity of just like my brain recognized his face from bridesmaids. And I think I was like, wow, you can go from contestant to host of this show. That's pretty incredible. Real, real rags to riches tale. Only in the UK. (laughs) You're like, that's just a British thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, how do we feel about first off that host change, Chris? Um, I left myself. Um, well, here's the thing. So I came, I mostly know the show through Matt, if that makes sense. Cause I watched mm-hmm. so many episodes of just Matt. And then I went back and saw all of Sandy after that. Mm-hmm. So th- though in my head, I had watched Sandy first and in my head it's Sandy and Noel as hosts for like, these are the hosts of great British baking show. I did understand that Matt Lucas is like a new host. So I have like this weird relationship with it. Um, Divorced of that. He's not great. He's not great. Yeah. He's, I don't know. It goes, he's sometimes he's really sweet, but then sometimes I can see that the contestants really, really do not like him. Um, and that is bothersome because I fall in love with the contestants so much. Um, yeah, it's definitely I got the impression watching him that like part of the reason you have these hosts is not just to explain things to the audience, but to sort of keep bakers entertained so it doesn't just become a silent tent for three hours while everybody very intensely concentrates on you know building a six-tiered wedding cake or something like that so i understand their purpose but it definitely feels like oh you hired the guy who really loves showing up to somebody's birthday in like a full Halloween costume. Like that's his vibe. His vibe is being (laughs) the center of attention all the time. And this is not a show where you are the center of attention. Your entire vibe for this show is supporting the other people. And I think as the series went on, he caught on. But I think for those first few episodes where there were the most bakers, he was a little less maternal is what I think Sandy brought to the table and a little more uh, uh, guy in a Hawaiian shirt who uh, says, who wants another round at the bar? (laughs) Yeah, if Sue is like the um, ADHD younger brother walking around breaking all the stuff uh, and (laughs) Sandy is like the sweet aunt slash mother, Matt Lucas is like, your cousin's best friend for a middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and 
And the thing is, he is like a very known entity in England. Like he he was he was in Les Miserables, I think, on the West End. Like, like he's a guy who has been involved in comedy there in a big way for a very long time. I think this is definitely one of those cases where I go, hmm, this may not have been the perfect uh, fit for you, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't like hire him for something else. And clearly he's got the chops comedically. It's just more like, hmm, would you guys give him a show? Would you give him a second chance? On if, Great uh, British? Yeah. If they were like, like, would you give him a second chance to prove like, I saw the season, I got the notes, I'm going to tone it down? Or do you think this is like Ellen on American Idol where it's just like, nope, that was silly. <laughs> I think he absolutely Long. deserves a second chance because despite all the bad things I have to say, um, I can tell that he is really well meaning. He maybe just doesn't... Um, he, he, do, he just obviously isn't grasping the social cues um, that maybe I want him to grasp. And so that's me projecting onto him. There was also a recent interview with The Telegraph where he says, if Bake Off asked me back, I can relax a bit more, be a little calmer. So I think he went into it with a little bit of nervous energy. The show is immensely popular. It had something like 14 million viewers, which in this day and age, and that's like just in the UK for its like uh, season premiere. And in this day and age, that's huge numbers, especially considering how much uh, TV is fragmented. So like this is a big, big, big show just there, let alone in America and internationally. I think it's fair to give him a second chance, especially if he recognizes like, oh, I might have been a bit much. Sorry. Yeah. How long has this show um, been so like sort of in the culture zeitgeist of in the US, would you say? I'd say in the last five years. Yeah, oh, so I'm like, like pretty late. Up steam. Yeah, when I watched Ruby, uh, and that was like, um, the season I watched with Ruby, I remember that being new on Netflix. I remember that like appearing on Netflix. Mm. So y- yes, you are late to it. Earlier when you said that you just, you very recently discovered it, that's shocking to me. And I, I kind of don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may have heard of it, but it might have been one of those things where it's like, oh, that's some show that will be canceled inevitably. Yeah, you know, like, like you hear so many sound like, oh, the Great British Bake Off. Cool. I'm, I have to rush to find it out. It sounds like a is. nerdy piece of shit. It really it, like it just sounds so like whatever to me. But why do I think I'm above that? Like, I'm stupid for not watching it before. It's such a lovely show. Everyone involved is so sweet. Sans Paul Hollywood earlier seasons, but he comes along in the later seasons. Even he is, like, sweet now. I love it. I love it. Where do you guys stand on Mary Berry versus Prue Lathe? Ooh, this is tough. I really like Mary Berry quite a lot. But I don't mind Prue, I think, the way maybe other folks perhaps mind Prue. I think... Uh, and at this point, Peru has proven oh, herself um, over the course. <laughs> Chris, give me a look. <laughs> um, she's kind of proven herself over the last few seasons. So at first I was like, OK, who's this? But again, it's like she's had enough time to kind of come into her own. 
Um, ultimately, as far as judging goes, I think it's always kind of been a good cop, bad cop thing is the way the show has been set up. There's only two judges. A lot of cooking competition shows tend to have three or like four or five. Like there's way more on, say, you know, um, chopped or what have you. Uh, and so as a result, there's a part of me going, okay, there's only two of them. How can they come up with these decisions of like who goes home or whatever? But because she's always going to kind of err on the side of like, oh, it's it's not quite there, but it's but then she'll find something positive, you know. But it looks fantastic. Versus Paul, who will just be like, bit stodgy in it, and it's like <laughs> he will always insult first, and then maybe there'll be a compliment, but otherwise he's going to be kind of mean about it. And so, uh, uh, yeah, Mary was a little bit more cutting, though. I feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, in earlier seasons, if Mary didn't like something that you made or if you had messed up your bake, it, there'd just be this moment where she'd be like, it's rather unfortunate. And she might as well have said, I killed your mom and I ate her bones. Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood were probably closer aligned in, um, I don't know, maybe intensity than Prue and Paul are. Because mm -hmm. even in Mary Mary Berry was either going to give you an enthusiastic, this is absolutely delicious, I'm going in for seconds, or it was sort of just like, this is the worst thing I've ever eaten. Good luck mm -hmm. in the next challenge. Whereas Prue was just like, I did find that this corner crumb here is quite scrumptious. Not, <laughs> yeah. edib not edible, but pretty scrumptious. <laughs> I loved the fork. I loved the fork yeah. you put on the plate. I love I that feeling of metal on my tongue. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting and new. I would say modern, even. <laughs> but Prue is like someone that I would like. I truly, if she asked me to hang out, I'd be like, yes, please, thank you. I can't believe this. Yeah. If Mary yeah, Berry asked me to hang fun. out, I'd be like, Kaiser Hospital is down the street. <laughs> I also love how much Prue loves cocktails. And so anytime anybody makes any kind of alcoholic bake, She's always like, mm, give me a little bit of that. And, See, I'm, that and I'm always like, like <laughs> don't you? I associated that with with Mary, though. I felt like Mary, they always did that, too, where it was like, and this has a rum glaze. Oh, Mary, you'll like that. Like They do do it with both. They just are like, <laughs> these lush women. Yeah, so long as they do it with the woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul's fucking holier now. He's like, yeah. I, won't I won't touch it. I won't touch it, guy. I go. Um, I have no room in my patience basket for the Paul Hollywood pause. I can't mm. stand the. It's a good bake. Like, stop <laughs> it. Just say it. Like, like you're not taking the time to form an opinion. You're just acting for the camera. And I'm, I'm not here for that. It's so That's disingenuous. A, he's I never so aware that. of the camera. He's so, he's I, so Chris, aware. Paul Hollywood is aware of the camera. <laughs> I do wish that Mary Berry, uh, what Mary Berry really had on Prue was come on judges, Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry. Like that sounds like, that sounds like a fake. That sounds like you wrote a movie about a baking show, and those were the characters' names you gave them. Yeah, that's so like the that's the first round of names. You're like, I actually, these are just placeholders, obviously. Like, I didn't even have to say that these are placeholders, but just in case you were wondering, um, Mary Berry, Paul Hollywood. Yeah, 
or whatever. Like, and someone from the network is going to be like, these names are too crazy and we'll change it. <laughs> but just for now, let's just yeah. go with it just because uh, we need to move on. Lunch is coming up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone, if anything inspires anyone, just like go ahead and email me later. Yeah. It's just three weeks pass. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the pitch day. Oh my God. Just like calling people. Can you think of any other names? Any other names that don't sound so fake? I feel like I've created a Mr. Cook and Mrs. Old Feet. <laughs> um, uh, big cake in small latka. <laughs> <laughs> cookie one, cookie two. Um, so getting back to this series. Okay, so we've got Prue and Paul. We've got Matt and Noel, who has returned. Uh, so he's like, you know, the familiar host. And then they let us know, hey, did you hear? There's a pandemic happening. Uh, <laughs> this year. Imagine, imagine learning we're in a pandemic from watching the first episode <laughs> of Baking Show. <laughs> we're in a what? <laughs> <laughs> they really had to let everybody know, I, I guess, for future prosperity's posterity's sake, that like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not prosperity. Posterity. 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 Thank you. Um, I was like, I said that word wrong. Um, anyway, they had to let everybody know, hey, listen, we are being safe. And so what they did is instead of letting bakers go home during the weekends, which unheard of an American reality. Television, oh, yeah. They lock you up in a hotel room until that that that's bananas because you don't get your week to try things. Yeah, so they I think shortened the filming time. Six by, weeks total instead of ten. How many? Six weeks total instead of ten. Okay, so they gave everybody a few days in between, and then they'd start filming again. Yeah, so if each episode takes two days, there are ten episodes, twenty days over six weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's much, much shorter, uh, especially as to Steve's point. Like you come home Sunday night, you start practicing your base. Yeah, that was such a huge part of it. It's like, oh, I've never tried it at home. It never worked at home so many times. Like, then why the this is the don't bring it in. You are trying to get to the finale, sir. And so it never worked at home. Then why are you trying it now? Which upset? Uh, can we talk about stuff that might be spoilers? Or are we trying to stay away from that? Um, we uh, we can give a spoiler alert at the okay. top. It's done. It's finished. Okay, because that happens one time in this season that really pissed me off because I fucking loved her when her mean in her um showstopper was like, I made this recipe last night. I've never tried it. Haven't even looked at the recipe. It's like, you're stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. This is the <laughs> this is one of your final bakes, Ermin, and you're about to fucking lose it. You got too confident. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's something to be said about like um, a big swing or like how good of a moment it would be if this thing that this like last ditch, oh, it's never worked. It's got to work this time. Like, hey, they're producing themselves pretty well. They're they're bringing in some steaks and stuff like that. But I would just be like, all right, well, what's uh, this didn't work. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah, what you, I mean, going off of that, be prepared and say you're not there. Yeah. Do some, yes. do something you can do. 
I don't know how I feel about the whole they kept them in a bubble thing. I understand it for safety's sake, truly. And I believe everybody had to quarantine for several weeks in advance of even mm -hmm. beginning the filming process. So I get it. They've been there a while already. That said, keeping them as long as they could in the tent to kind of survive feels a lot closer to American reality TV and feels closer to something like Top Chef, which great show, different vibe. One of the reasons people love Great British Baking Show is because it has the same vibe as a gentle breeze. It is the Pure Moods compilation of television. <laughs> yeah. No competition, <laughs> just vibes, my dude. Just vibes. And the and the model previously meant that contestants with like very demanding jobs, because you'd have some people who are like, I'm a homemaker, and some people who are like, not I'm a doctor, but like stuff that required Certainly them to be not. <laughs> that literally was uh, an emergency room nurse on this season. Thank you. There was a nurse, but I'm saying like there, there. I don't know that anybody has joined the show who was also say plugging away 90 hours at a law right, firm or right. something. But there are students. There's folks who are like. I work a day job and so I go to the job and then at night I practice these bakes like yeah because allowed... I'm not winning anything here and we are amateur bakers right it allowed them to practice and participate in their own lives yeah and during this pandemic they couldn't really you know def how do you define free time anyway it's like we all have too much of it on our hands. So I can see where they're like, let's just keep them here. You give them a few days to try out bakes and then put them back on TV. But I think as a result, the season suffers. Uh, I mean, what do you guys I think, think? I like what you said about it feeling more like an American, or it being run more like an uh, American reality show in that way. And it does ultimately feel like that because the stakes for the contestants feel so much higher. There's way more crying on this season than any other previous season. There's like way more stressful moments on this season. And I don't think that's just a result of editing. Um, and I mean, we're in a pandemic. Everyone's gonna, everyone's on, on edge. But mm -hmm. being that everyone is also quarantined together. Everyone's seeing each other all the time. They do feel a lot closer, but they do feel a lot more competitive. Yeah. Um, it is. I'm just going to go down the list and I'm going to read the occupations to you guys. Cause it's wild just to think about like these like 10, how many 12 these, this dozen or Baker's dozen uh, people all in a tent together, an armored security guard, an accountant, a digital manager, a retirement living team leader, a diagnostic radiographer, a oh. pantomime producer, an accountant, a bronze resin sculptor, a project manager, an accounting student, a music teacher, and a hospital pharmacy dispenser. Like, I feel most reality shows, like, I remember when they had, um, what was it called? That parody of The Bachelor and every contestant, she was a dental assistant. Like, I feel like you you don't see such a wide range of of people in normal reality shows because- That said, there were two accountants and an accounting student, so- Fair. What's that about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> th that pantomime producer, is it Lottie? Yes. What's a pantomime producer? I have no idea, but it had to be her. <laughs> it had to be her. <laughs> <laughs> and the bronze sculptor, I assume, was um, the older gentleman who. Oh, yeah. Wait, what is his name? Tom. No. Tim. Mark? No. Mark. 
Am I Mark was the Mark? bronze resin sculptor. Okay. He was 51. No, I am not thinking of... You might be thinking of Mac or I, Rowan. Rowan was a music I'm, teacher. I'm I was thinking, thinking of. of Rowan. Who I'm, is a music teacher. So, yes. I mean, a okay. hop, skip, and a jump from right. bronze resin. He, uh, you want to know what music teachers do when they retire? They sculpt bronze resin. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Rowan, uh, well, I mean, if you've watched the last episode, you know, but Rowan was making his own um, uh, little mini suit jackets. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, go off, queen. Yeah, I get yeah. it. That was that was the most on-game thing I've ever seen. Not to get too ahead of the season, but uh, unfortunately, Rowan doesn't make it to the final three. Uh, Rowan is quite the character. Loved him very much. Truly didn't seem to care too much about whether the bake went well or not. And the fact that he's making those jackets, I I hadn't laughed that hard in a while when that popped up on screen. Rowan doesn't give a fuck about this competition. He's truly just here for the vibes. <laughs> he's like, I, I, think, can't, and, I can't and believe I made it. I've and, never made before. <laughs> and we can learn so much from that, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to build you. I've never done it before, but I'm going to build you three dinosaurs. <laughs> and they're like, don't, don't do that, Rowan. You don't have time. He's like, I know. <laughs> Truly, the lesson here is be more like Rowan. Just take chances. Screw it. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Just have fun with it. He's a joy. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, and also a very good, I know we're all, um, and I'm doing my best to not compare every reality show thing we do to Drag Race, but just a good reality show contestant knows that it's not about how, or I'm very big about the challenge, Nadia notes. It's not about how long you're on the show. There are some people that have no chance of winning this competition and they know it's not about that. It's about making the most of how long I am here to leave that impression. And Rowan knew that. Rowan didn't go to win. Rowan went to make sure that we remembered Rowan. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll never forget Rowan. Uh, who are who are your favorites from this season? From this season, I really loved Ermine. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave had fun SoCal surfer vibes. Like he feels like he should live in Los Angeles. I believe he is the one that made. So for the first challenge for Cake Week, the showstopper is those those busts that look like a person. And I believe he did um, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, who's this Who's this emo kid baking cakes? Um, uh, obviously a big fan of Rowan. And I I did really like Lottie. And I, I love was, Lottie. I was disappointed that she didn't quite make it through. Um, but I am very happy for Peter. Who did win? He was the most exacting, the the most baby faced. I think it meant the most to him, perhaps. Just a sweet, sweet little boy. Yeah, who was very good at his bake. So it wasn't one of those like, oh, you don't deserve to win situations. And I liked Sorrel quite a lot. I uh, wish that she had been able to make it further down the line. Yeah, she was one of my favorites. It was her Lottie and Ermine for me. Yeah. Um. um Did you have a favorite from this season, Steve? I haven't watched this season yet, but I'm just going to scroll and say um, Mark, who made Posh Apple and Blackberry Pie on Pastry Week. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Because that's where the scroller landed. (laughs) 
Mark is very sweet. He's yes. very sweet. He's charming. Yes. Um, so getting into, so here's the episode roundups. Basically we have cake week, biscuit week, bread week, chocolate week, pastry week, Japan week, eighties week, dessert week, patisserie week, and then the final. Um, so we don't need to necessarily recap each one of these. Let's just talk about our, our the greatest highs and the greatest lows from, uh, this this round of episodes this entire season i mean we simply must talk about japan week right oh yeah and the fact that clearly clearly there are no producers who have ever like who have ever even seen a map of japan no like, hollywood went for a week vacation and came back and was like we simply must do a week like this yeah and nobody said anything nobody fucking googled nobody nope. did anything they said we know matcha yeah yeah they know green tea, and that seems to be the only ingredient. Somebody put yuzu in at some point, I think, and that seemed to like that was like a real oh moment. Uh, I've never been more mad than watching Japan Week and being like, so they're not going to make milk bread. So they're not going to make any one of the thousands of incredible desserts that exist in Japanese cuisine. They're, they're just going to do green tea. There's a three huh. minute period of like a, a, what is essentially a montage where they go from contestant con to contestant during the signature. Uh, and they're just like, what are you baking? And they're like, I'm doing this, this and this, which is actually, it's actually a bit Chinese, isn't it? I don't think anyone will know. And they go one by one and everyone's like, it's a bit Chinese. I didn't know what Jap Japan was. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> it's wild. Everyone. It's truly wild. This uh, is the first I'm hearing of a Japan week, but it is also funny that it's like, hey, it's Japanese week, steamed buns, matcha, and a cake. <laughs> a cake that isn't, it wasn't even necessarily Japanese. I think it's more German and they just said, add matcha to it. Yeah. yeah it's it was a 20 just, layer cake, right? Like, it's kawaii cake. It's yeah. Oh, yeah, cute. Yeah. I'm like, that's just nailed it. They just did a better version of Nailed It. Lottie's uh, was into the Japanese woods, and I bet she was like, I was going to do Into the Woods, but then you said it was Japanese-themed, so it's Into the Japanese Woods. Hey, we'll say... <laughs> we'll say uh, Lottie's the only one who used a Japanese recipe for that bake. Oh, yeah. I knew she would. She's the pantomime producer. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only one who did research and was like, I've never had this cake, but I think this is what it tastes like. It definitely feels like I think this is and this is one of my criticisms of the season as a whole. It definitely feels like what they were going for was, hey, you guys like Instagram, right? <laughs> what if we made cakes yeah. that you would want to like like on Instagram? And I'm like, don't do that. It is a show. Who cares about the like? Obviously, a beautiful photo of a cake is going to make me go, ooh, when I scroll past it. But at the same time, like, I am watching television here. I need something that is equal parts a little challenging, uh, but but also accessible, something that they can do. And I don't need it to be another fucking fondant cake with little googly eyes. Okay? <laughs> oh I my need God, it to fondant. I need it to be something that is actually from fucking Japan. Let's talk about the brownies. <laughs> it seems as though nobody knows how to make brownies. <laughs> it seems as though brownies may be uh, the hardest thing for any baker to make. If you if baking, if watching the show was the only thing that you knew about baking. 
do they not have brownies in the UK? Is this just like a uniquely American thing? Be, I wonder. That's the thing that uh, that brings up a good point. Like, I don't know, like what their standard is for like cake texture or bake times or brownies or like even the cook like biscuit week, cookie week, like. When they're talking about like we want this real crisp and crunchy and dry, I'm like that sounds disgusting. Yeah, every, every it needs judging... a good snap. No, it no, doesn't. Fuck that. I want <laughs> it, it needs to be, to be I raw. Want it to be nearly raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want it to have to almost needs, use a spoon. It needs to be cookie dough that won't give me salmonella. Yeah, yeah you just exactly. need to cook the disease out of it. Anytime they're like, <laughs> we're gonna listen for the snap, I'm like, throw that away. Yeah, that's <laughs> trash. Yeah, and so it makes me think, okay, maybe this is just something that they didn't grow up eating. I also know that for that particular challenge, they were given 90 minutes. Now, to bake brownies from scratch, no box, no Ghirardelli's box or anything, like, that's not a ton of time. If they gave them two hours and they came out that bad, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? None of you should be on the show. On the other hand, 90 minutes is a pretty short amount of time. You have to you have do to everything like, perfectly. Yeah, exactly. You got to hit every mark. Otherwise, you know, it immediately goes off the rails. But I, it was shocking to see that many people screw up brownies, which here, at least in the States, is considered one of the absolute easiest things you yeah. can bake. I mean, it's like the first thing that you bake as a kid. Yeah. Right. It's like everyone knows how to do it. Yes. And it's like, as long as you don't go too much, you're fine. And it's easy. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Just stick one it too thick in. At one point, somebody throw, uh, does like a, a brownie cake, boost cake or something, and throws the brownie in the freezer. And Paul Hollywood is like, why the, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> there's like literally no, there's no conceivable universe in which that would have worked. He's like, what's the one thing that we want for brownies? And this contestant is just like, so taken aback. She's like, you want it to be melty in the center? He's like, then how the fuck will it be melty if it's in the freezer? (laughs) (laughs) You stupid, stupid, stupid person. And then he put her in the freezer. (laughs) But then Diana came and took her out and Ian threw her in the bin. This is, this does not belong in here. This is my freezer. Fun fact for all of our listeners, um, Blondie's uh, are older than brownies. Blondie, um, butterscotch oh. bars uh, existed before uh, they started making chocolate brownies in 1905. I forgot that Blondies century. exist, and now I, I'm yeah. going to put that Well, Blondies mind. are normally vanilla, but... Um, Fuck that. Yeah, but uh, butterscotch, um, dense fudgy butterscotch flavored bars are older than chocolate fudge brownie bars. And a fun fact for listeners, I prefer butterscotch bars to brownies (gasps) me too i I like chocolate quite a bit but when it comes down to desserts that i want to eat i tend to go for fruit flavors or caramelly butterscotchy flavors over chocolate i love creamy that is like my favorite i guess uh, texture flavor profile my favorite thing in the world is cheesecake which Mm. is like they haven't really done on the show i am surprised they had like i think part of it is the time it kind of needs more time to like chill and whatnot so it can solidify. On the other hand, I'm like, I really would like to see a British cheesecake challenge because I don't another know, challenge. They couldn't do brownies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the thing, too. So I'm like, well, if you can't nail brownies, you know that God, they were like, sec- yeah. gonna- well, no, they did do cheesecake bites. They did do cheesecake bites this season. 
They didn't do a full mm. cheesecake, not like a Basque or something like I want to see them torture cheesecake. But one of the challenges this season was these little cheesecake bites, which to me didn't really read cheesecake as much as it read. We baked some cream cheese, put it on a biscuit and then put some stuff on top of that. I mean, that's about as much as they tried to do. Everyone did it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't turn out good. <laughs> one person did. OK, one person did. OK. Do you think that there's like, because obviously there's producers and like, you know, segment people who are coming up with recipes and technical challenges and stuff like that. I just imagine there's a big binder. And when everyone, when everyone like biffed the brownies so badly, like that person had to go to the binder and just like tear out like 20 pages of like, (laughs) they couldn't do brownies. So get rid of apple pie. Uh, (laughs) No cheesecake. Yeah. uh, So as Americans, can you tell me, what is pudding to you? Oh, yeah. Okay. As an American, when I think pudding, if you don't put a, a word in front of it, particular location, like if you said Yorkshire pudding, I would go, oh, that's the British bread thing. Otherwise, if you just say pudding and perhaps a flavor like chocolate, that is a custardy dessert. Mm, it very much is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadia, you were saying that you love a cheesecake. I think my favorite dessert, and I'll probably never get it again because of COVID, is like salad bar pudding mixing the <laughs> vanilla and chocolate. Mixing the vanilla and chocolate salad bar oh, pudding is I'm so I'm sorry, good. sweetie. That is gone for good. I know. <laughs> God, uh, rest in peace, that. <laughs> I know. that. That's just jello packets, probably. We can make you some. I know. I, I, maybe I will. No, but it's not the same because it's in a metal bowl around ice cubes surrounded by vegetables. Yeah, it has a hint of carrot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's like little, yeah, you might get a, you might get a black olive in it. You never know. Right. Or some sort of like errant Nilla wafer. And you're like, how'd that end up in there? It's like an onion ring in your fries. Oh, you're lucky if it's a sweet in there. (laughs) It took me like four seasons to realize that put like, pudding was a different thing in Britain or in British land. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, going off. I thought they were just like, <laughs> I thought it was like all the stuff on the inside was pudding and everyone was getting fucking fancy by putting it inside of bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no pudding in England is a very, very in the UK in general, very different thing and can be interpreted very, very differently. Uh, and boy, if you go into this show, if you're an American watching Great British Bake Off, uh, there's going to be a number of times where you go, huh? Because what they decide is a dessert or what they decide is something that you should eat <laughs> is something that makes Americans go, huh? And these people come up with some uh, amazing versions of it, but particularly when it comes down to like meat pies, that's always when I start to go, huh? Because it will tend to be like, you know, it's not just a shepherd's pie or something that's like we're putting in a, a, a lamb curry inside of short crust pastry. And I go, OK, sure. That's probably very good. It's kind of like a chicken pot pie. It's got those elements. And then the next person will be like, I'm putting in like 14 different kinds of vegetables and a quail that I just plucked this morning. <laughs> and you're like, what? Huh? Um. OK, so those I, I truly do love. Meat pies. I've I've tried to bake a couple, and they're hard. But I I, I get it. I have. I don't yeah. know if you've seen this season, but there is one season where it's the most disgusting fucking 
quotes dessert that they've ever made. Um, it's um, it's sort of like this puff pastry, and in the inside is an entire lemon that's been pricked several times, covered in a, like a mold of butter, um, and then encased in a puff pastry, and then baked for like a couple hours, so that you like when you cut into it, it literally like the only word is gush it like gushes out into this black curdled sauce that is just butter and lemon uh, uh, the thought of anyone putting that in their mouth really makes me want to catch the coronavirus Um, sussex pond pudding yes yes oh you got that off my description i did i googled what did i google i googled disgusting disgusting i I googled gross lemon gbbo 11 are the are the pictures anywhere close to what i've described yes it looks nasty hold on where did it go I do. Here's another criticism that I wouldn't necessarily level on this season. I would just level on the show as a whole. Now, I know I already uh, said my piece about the sort of Instagrammable dessert thing that they have going on. I'm also going to take umbrage with this whole let's pull out recipes from the Renaissance era Uh. thing. Let's find shit that King Louis the 14th was like, "Mm, delicious. You know why? Because those people didn't have the same palates. They didn't have. Uh, they just did it. Yeah, they were okay? eating. They so were still eating by like necessity. Butter, lemon. Like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> be- nothing before we realized we could make food taste good. Yeah, there's. I mean, I, I'm not calling racism on the show, but I am in that. Like, they're gonna faster do this blood curdle pl- pie than a leche flan. It's like yes! fucking. Yes! There's a wealth of desserts. Yes! Okay, which. Yes! <laughs> Okay, so I watched this episode recently where they were asked to bake churros, but obviously none of neither of the judges had ever had a churro before because oh yeah, um, Paul Hollywood kept referring to a single churro as a churros. <laughs> He's like, this churros is a bit, uh, it's a bit crunchy. I don't know if churros are supposed to be crunchy. I want them soft, you know. I'm like, no, you don't. That's not. No, you that's don't. not how you want your churras. <laughs> I've made churros. Uh, I screwed them up. Uh, not the dough or the sugar part, but the frying part because I didn't use a proper piping bag. I mm. tried to cheap out with like a put the dough in a plastic bag situation. So as a result, they kind of came out looking like these fat nubby dicks. Uh, <laughs> they taste. <when> they, <laughs> like fat they nubby dicks. <laughs> kind of like fat nubby dicks. Uh, I mean, honestly, they tasted okay. They were just underbaked a little bit because what happened is by not having the ridges from the piping mm. bag, you didn't get enough of a fry kind of all around. So even though it was baked on the outside, I would cut it open and only like half of them really baked through the other half. I don't think I left into fr- either fry long enough or like they just didn't penetrate because they're just kind of these fat nubby dicks. Uh, this week's technical said- will be making fat bloody dicks. <laughs> now, Prue, why did you decide fat bloody dicks? <laughs> <laughs> Now what? Now what I'm looking for from the bakers <laughs> is to make sure that it's got the right amount of nub, <laughs> right amount of fatness. I grew up. I grew up quiet. eating fat dicks every day at lunch. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is going to be that the bakers are each going to want to bake chodes, and we will. <laughs> we are not asking for fat bloody chodes. We're asking for flat bloody dicks. <laughs> 
Bakers, you have 15 minutes left on your fat nubby dick. Oh no, I've baked 12 toes, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're all uncircumcised. Then you just see one oh, no, fall on the I... uh, fall on the ground, and that's like the big dramatic moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've only got 11 fat chubby dicks. And then they're like, right, let's take a look at these. And then each uh, person's picture is set up because for the technical, if you don't know, they don't know who baked what. So then they're just going down the line going, no, this looks right. This has got the dick shape, but it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's not quite cylindrical in it. It's a little too long. As as I put it, more of a long. I put it to my mouth and I no longer feels like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a bit flaccid, ain't it? Uh, no, too, mm, too much cum. <laughs> <laughs> right, you put custard in this one. It's gi- gives. <laughs> Did you egg wash this dick? It's not a sausage roll. It's a cock. Soggy, soggy bottom dick, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. So yes, racism on the show. <laughs> you bring up a very good point. I mean, I, I I alluded to this with Japan Week, where I'm like, did anybody even bother to look up any kind of like more popular recipes? They could have done a souffle pancake. They could have done milk bread. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that they could have baked that wouldn't have been particularly difficult. But if you haven't done it before, it would be a fun challenge. There's a lot of stuff that they tend to introduce on the show. That seems to befuddle everybody. Uh, I believe this season as well, there was rainbow bagels. Mm-hmm. Bagels are not super hard to bake. It's uh, a matter of time. So I don't think they were really given all that much time to do it. But bagels seem to be another one that like really threw everybody for a loop, right? Or is it just me? It was the gay rights part of it that they were like, I don't know. <laughs> Do I have to make them rainbow? Um, I can't touch these queers. <laughs> Everyone's. <laughs> it was just very, very strange that nobody seemed to understand what a bagel is. Like they were just like, what's a bagel? <laughs> I'm like, really? You've never seen a movie set in New York. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> you've, ne- you've never ever watched any television show where an office in America there is one. And then they have bagel. Like you truly don't know what a bagel is. I know what fucking Yorkshire pudding is, and you don't know what a bagel is. I mean, is. this season is truly befuddling in that like they couldn't fucking do bagels. They couldn't do uh a simple they couldn't do a kawaii cake. Um, but then you have people like Ermine that are like, I um, made an entire 3D model inside of my gelatin cake um, that yes. is like reminiscent of a Renaissance painting. It's like, what the fuck? What, you skipped a job. You 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 flew before you could run. My brownies are ju- my brownies look like diarrhea, but um, I I made this tiny 3D model in a gelatin mold. <laughs> It's what it's it's truly nuts. Like when you were watching it, especially as like your first intro, uh, Chris, and you've since watched it multiple times now. Uh, 
And now that you've gone back and watched other seasons, like how do you feel like series 11 holds up in comparison? Do you feel like everybody's just maybe on edge because it's 2020? Or do you feel like the challenges set forth are just stranger? Like, what do you think happened? Because something felt off. Yeah, I think it's right? all of those things. It's that, okay. um, yeah, like the general air is already high. Uh, we're all on edge as it is. The environment has changed. And then like the producing aspect of just like the very first challenge is to create busts of famous people. They've never been asked to do that. Like that's mm -hmm. uh, immediately right off the bat. They're like, this is a different show. We're going to make sure these people are stressed. Uh, and they really don't let up. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, it is the season that made me fall in love with it. So. Weirdly, they didn't talk about Matt Lucas doing black face, brown face and yellow face on Little Britain. <laughs> yeah, it's you thought that, that would be brought up on the baking show. <laughs> Super weird that they didn't devote just, an episode to it. <laughs> I just think it could have been addressed. I think they could Today's have been show like, stopper created dessert using one of Matt Lucas's most inappropriate <laughs> impressions on his show. <laughs> I'm just surprised. I had like I just remembered that that was a thing. And when I look back on it, I'm like, why did they hire this guy? Especially for a show that I feel like, generally speaking, tries to be like, you know, as inclusive as a warm bath. Like it's not. It's a great British makeup is not for the offensive. You know, they're not like, ah, deal with it. This is, we hate PC yeah. on this show. They Ugh, just seem to be ignorant, no? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not the kind of show that this is. This is literally a show ages eight through 80 can watch. So why would I they think Paul also that? has like some stuff that he need has needed to answer for. Like, I think he would dress as a Nazi at a party. Or somebody at another on another show at some point dressed as a Nazi at a party. Feels like Paul you're making Hollywood. this up, but I'm going to choose to believe it. Um, yeah, Paul Hollywood. Um, bake off Paul Nazi shame. <laughs> bake off Paul Nazi shame. Bake off Paul. That was the, yeah. Pa Paul Hollywood in Nazi outfit apology. So, you know, maybe maybe they do need to start one episode with like, you know what? I'm sorry. And here's what I'm going to do to prove it. This week's signature challenge, everyone is tasked to bake a cake based on a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about how you got to punish people for that kind of thing. Like, you're not out of punish, but just like we have a conversation about how that is not OK. I mean, I feel like we've had 60, 70, 80 years of conversation about it. <laughs> Um, it actually, <laughs> the reason I even knew about this is because my favorite alumnus, alumna, alumni, mm -hmm. my favorite alum, Ruby from, I think, series four has gone after Paul Hollywood multiple times. And one of the times was she like, I remember her posting on Instagram a link to this and being like, why hasn't he answered for this? Or like, how is this OK? Mm -hmm. Um so it is it's cool to see like previous contestants kind of be like, hey, Paul, we see you and we would <laughs> like you to end this. One of these days, what I'd really love is for him to take a bite of something and do his Paul Hollywood pause where you don't know if he's going to like it or not like it. And then the baker's just like, you are a Nazi uniform and I don't care what you say. So just say, <laughs> like, yeah. Why do you think the BBC hasn't replaced him? Like, why wasn't because this... they haven't met Nicole Byer yet? <laughs> 
Nicole hosting Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Everybody wins. I would love, I really want the American version to come back. I've uh, never seen an episode of it, but. I haven't either. I hear it just did. I don't, I don't remember why it didn't work, but I feel like they didn't really try to like, it's a, ultimately it's all a, like, it's about the baking. And I think it's, you know, the drama, if there is any moments of like, you know, gasp or like water cooler talk stuff, it's, only because it came out for, of the, it's a result of all of these people trying their best to do the best baking. And I wonder if like American audiences for the most part were like, but who hates each other? Where's right. the, where's the drama? Yeah. Where's the, and, where's the tea? And having it be an overseas phenom allows, I think an American audience to go, Oh, that's so sweet. And they don't associate it with like, <laughs> you know, your friend or your neighbor could be on it. Versus an Americanized version where suddenly you're just going to quit your job for three months for pride. Yeah. Or b- bragging <laughs> rights. Get out of here. You know, they yeah. do win money on the American version. Right. But like, I mean, how much money? 250 grand. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, especially because like chopped, it's like, honey, I won shots. Let's pay like one sixteenth of my child's college tuition, like <laughs> <laughs> after taxes. Like it's barely anything because it's ten grand. But it like when you think about how much prep they had to go into because <laughs> they're getting the weirdest possible basket, they got to figure out a bunch of recipes for it. I'm just like that is not enough money. And every time a shot contestant will come on, they'll be like, I really need this money so I can like replace all the equipment in my restaurant. And I'm like, oh, Han. You need a bank loan. Yeah. <laughs> you do not need to win chopped. It's going to be like four grand after all the taxes. You know what I'm never doing? Going on DoorDash and being like, which of these restaurants was featured, but has a has a cook from chopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's my chopped filter? What is going? <laughs> uh, fun little fact about the season. So Dave, one of the runner ups the uh, Blink-182 bust creator, uh, proposed to his girlfriend this year uh, and welcomed their first child, Ronnie. Ronnie. Uh, And I believe the proposal happened on uh, the spinoff show Extra Slice. Oh. Uh, So there's an extended universe. Yes, there's an extended universe and in there uh, two of the characters got married. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently he like uh, he was just like, oh, uh, Noel congratulated us, but not Paul and Prue. Paul's girlfriend did, though, so I'll take it. That's from Paul, too. That's what Dave said. Dave, I hate to break it to you. Uh, Paul is an anti-Semitic racist who goes around wearing a fascist symbol to bars because he thinks it's a fun little prank. And Prue is a drunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She probably is. She would be happy for you if she remembered that day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, there's this article from Wired that says another victim of global warming, the Great British Bake Off. Now on this season, obviously, uh, the the temperate British summer, as they refer to it, became too warm 
for a lot of the baking. And we've talked about not just the heat affecting the baked Alaska, but the heat has affected several bakes. And increasingly, as each season goes on, as they try to do this show during the summer, there's a Have we like lost today, Nadia? It's like yeah, nine. we we lost you. Can you start that question over, Nadia? We lost you for a sec. Oh, she's gone. She's gone for good. <sighs> Fucking Nadia. <laughs> Nadia, you're frozen. Nadia, you're frozen. No, 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 no. Oh, I hear oh, you. No, I don't. Why is she? She's screaming. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, we can hear you now. Yeah. Can we, you hear me? You went out and then all we could hear was no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. It sounds like I'm being murdered. Great. Where do I need to back up? I just start the question again. Okay. Um, Chris, as a fan of this show, what do you think they need to do to combat climate change? Not necessarily on a save the planet level, but rather a, do you think they should start filming in uh, the spring? Do you think like, what changes do you think they should make to the show to help, help the bakers out a little bit? They should have voted for John Kerry when they had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. They're fucked like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they couldn't keep, if they couldn't keep three fridges working eight seasons ago, then they certainly can't do anything now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bake Off, but you're done. <laughs> it does feel to... cr- it feels cruel though, right? It feels very cruel to be like, hi, we want you to temper chocolate and it's 95 degrees out. Like that's just insane. Yeah, it's like, okay, it was never a solid. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't understand why they're still outside. Put the tent inside of a warehouse. Yeah. That's, that's my big thing is I'm like, if you're not going to change the filming so that the filming starts, like goes March to June, um, when it's probably colder, but at least it makes sense to be baking, then you really need to move this tent indoors and sorry. We'll, even though the tent is outdoors, it like the sides are paneled down with um, plastic. So they are in an indoor environment. So it also gets so hot in there because of the ovens. Yes. So who cares if it's winter? 10 minutes into the challenge, it's going to be 90 degrees. Yeah. Can I yeah. tell you why they keep it that way? Oh, why? why? Drama. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a real answer for us. <laughs> I mean, no, I think that I'm, is the real answer. I'm, is like I'm that, so you know, stupid. Like yeah, I'm I mean, stupid for believing you. I mean, I, I, I think that's a real answer. I didn't mean it as a real answer, but like that's part of the show, right? Like there'd be no incident if they were in a warehouse. There'd be no I can't get this done because it's too hot if they were in a warehouse. Um, I think I, I there's something about it being in like the worst possible place to like you don't bake in tents that's not a thing like yeah. welcome to the tent bakers is an insane thing to say <laughs> <laughs> no steve you you are like a lot of uh great british bake-off folks who according to a article in cosmopolitan uk believe that they are deliberately 
setting ice cream challenges in the hot weather, even mm. though the judges mentioned that they don't know what the forecast is when they make up the test. So uh, according to like some Reddit wormholes, there's a bunch of different theories about why it's filmed outside in such difficult conditions, specifically the mercy of the elements creating drama um, and the fact that this is about amateur bakers and a lot of people in the UK apparently don't have air conditioning. Only 5% of households have air con as it's known to the Brits. AC, what the air con? Actually, I do like that. <laughs> I grew up calling it air con. Really? Where'd you I grow did. up? In Riverside, California, but my oh. mom is. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's like an Asian thing too. Mm. Uh, so as a result, yeah, the fact that uh, only 5% of households have it. I assume then they're going like, well, why would we need air conditioning? You know, especially if it's only one bake or one day. And I'm like, yeah, but maybe some high powered swamp fans. I don't know. I feel like they got to figure out some electrical wiring to cool that tent down. I don't know. It seems like they have to combat Nazism first. <laughs> It's pretty low on their list. <laughs> their host is literally a Nazi. They, they're not worried about buying a couple little fans right now. <laughs> and you know what, Chris? That's just so disappointing. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be canceled, even though I'm on the right side of things, just because I have the worst way of talking. Um... Guys, I found a BuzzFeed quiz. How far would you make it on Great British Bake Off? Would you like Ooh, to play uh, with me? 100%. Great. Okay. Steve, you in? No, sorry. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Fine. These are just for Kristen. Okay. <clears throat> it's cake week. You're making grandma's favorite German chocolate cake for the signature round. Which tool do you use to measure the flour? And they show us two pictures. One is a measuring cup, like a glass measuring cup, and the other is a set of measuring cups, like metal cups that would be for, you know, teaspoons, quarter cup, that kind of thing. So it's either one or several? Yes. The answer is several. Okay. Wait, what was the question? It doesn't matter because we're moving on to the tactical round. <laughs> Good, because <laughs> I think Chris got it wrong. <laughs> so Peru challenges you to make chocolate ganache for your cake. How do you use it? One, as a filling. Two, as decor. Three, as a frosting. Or four, as a glaze. As a glaze. All right. Steve, you want to fight that? Um, no, I mean, I was going to say frosting until I heard glaze. Mm -hmm. All right. As a glaze. All right. You've made it to the showstopper round. The judge wants a cake with six tiers. What are you going to use to support all those tiers? Cake boards, wooden dowels, or frosting between layers? Oh, I mean, the, oh, dang, you need all of them. Yeah, I mean, I'd go wooden dowels because that's like, you need those and... Yeah, for six layers. That seems like what I think that's what the answer that BuzzFeed. I think that we're smarter than the person that made this quiz because I think you do need all of them. But I think the answer they're looking for is wooden dowels. I'm going to agree with that. All right. Wooden dowels. <clears throat> it's the start of biscuit week for the signature round. You decide to impress special guest judge Mary Berry, who's apparently come back on the show with mm. your no bake oatmeal cookies. Which ingredient doesn't go in the pot? Peanut butter? cocoa powder, fresh oatmeal, or butter? 
So you're making no bake oatmeal cookies. Okay, say um, again. Say the in- instruments again. What are the ingredients again? The the ingredients for no bake oatmeal cookies. If you add one of these, it's gonna really fuck it up. Peanut butter, cocoa powder, fresh oatmeal, or butter. I'm gonna say butter, but I've never done a no bake recipe. I'm gonna say fresh oatmeal. I'm gonna concur with Chris and go with butter because, yeah. All right, guess what? You got, you served mush instead of the cookies. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Absolute fuck. (laughs) Mary is disappointed she had to eat your biscuits with a spoon. (laughs) Paul and Prue sent you home the fourth week with the reminder that you didn't need to cook the oatmeal first. Oh. So Steve was correct. You don't want to put fresh oatmeal in there. I thought that fresh oatmeal meant not like dry. Yeah. The picture of it is a picture of like a bowl of oatmeal that you would just eat. Yeah. You just want to, I think you just want to like soak the oats because they're no bake. So you don't want to like just mix in dry oats with everything else. I think you have to give them, I think you need to get them a little wet. (laughs) Honestly, if this were real life, I feel pretty confident that I would be kicked out week four. I don't think I'd be kicked out first, but I'm in no way, shape or form would get it to the end. So that feels right. Here's the thing. I'm going to, I went back and I replayed the quiz. So I'm just going to keep going with this and pretend. (laughs) I'm going to pretend that somebody got sick and they had to bring you back because like somebody just couldn't be on the show anymore. So now you're back for week five. Hello, bitches. I'm back. (laughs) In the tactical round, Paul challenges you to make biscotti. What texture are you going for? Soft and moist, crunchy, crumbly, hard and dry. Oh, dang. The last two are very similar. Can you repeat the last two? Crunchy and crumbly or hard and dry. Oh, I mean, I want to say hard and dry because that's the only way I've eaten biscotti, but I don't know if that's the actual way or just the Starbucks way. Yeah, I'm going to go with hard and dry. Yeah, I'm going to say hard and dry because because like crunchy and crumbly, like crumbly isn't something you'd really want to say to like, you know, you're never like, oh, that's such a delicious crumbly something unless it's like a crumble that you eat with a spoon. But like biscotti, you don't want biscotti to be crumbly. You don't like Nature Valley granola bars because for the same reason. (laughs) Good point. Good point. It's time for the showstopper round. The judges ask for a gingerbread house decorated with 3D edible flowers. What will you make your garden out of? Gum paste, fondant, royal icing, or marzipan? Hmm. The 3D edible flowers? Yeah. Fondant or marzipan, probably. Okay. I don't I mean, royal icing might work also, but and that's what you would traditionally use on gingerbread houses. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind they're asking for. I would well, do royal icing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go with royal icing. <gasps> the flowers fell flat, and it got us knocked out of the semifinals. Oh. says your flowers are pretty, but the royal icing you use doesn't provide the 3D effects. Right, I know. Is it, okay, my second guess, I guess, is back to fondant? I think marzipan. I don't even know what marzipan is, to be honest. It's like an almond fondant. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> It's like made with all, it's like almond pasty kind of. I don't think it's really marzipan. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> it is marzipan though, because now we get to go to pastry week. For the signature round, you decide to make baklava. Your neighbor taught you how to make. Seems uh, like I a dumb. 
I guess your neighbor is me. Uh, <laughs> what do you put between the pastry layers? Chocolate, maple syrup, whipped cream, or honey? I'm clicking honey, honey. because I don't have time for you yeah. to mess this up. Time for the technical Make round. me baklava. <laughs> Uh, I will, but I don't know if I can make the phyllo pastry uh, without buying the store-bought version because I'm <laughs> I think mad. that's okay. Uh, okay, so Paul wants a cannoli. How do you cook the shells? Bake them, fry them, boil them, or flambe them? You fry them. You do fry them. Now you've made it to the final showstopper round mm. of the season. They want a platter of the pastries that are part of a Chinese festival. What do you make for them? <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of Japanese. Is this a write-in answer? <laughs> Do you make them cronuts, mooncakes, bao, or egg custard tarts? Wait, I mean, mooncakes are for like traditional festival Yes, I'm, I'm thinking it's mooncakes. And you know what? Chris, you have won the Great British Bake Off. Wait, I want to <sighs> get... No, I think you need to give... I think you make them watch the movie bao. <laughs> <laughs> watch the disney pixar short film bow it'll win the competition hi in lieu of baking i've brought a vcr <laughs> a vcr it's short isn't it <laughs> <laughs> <Bit short. laughs> Chris Renner, bro, thank you so much for coming on why do you know that thank you for having me i had a, i had a bowl i had a damn bowl <laughs> a bowl I had a ball. All of this was a damn dream. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to plug at this time? Um, come, yeah, watch out for the vaccine dropping soon. <laughs> <laughs> dropping this spring uh, <laughs> to a doctor's first, office near you. You're our first guest that's plugged a vaccine. <laughs> I'm going to plug something, which is Chris is a legitimately great baker. Uh, if there was an American version of Great British Bake Off, Chris would absolutely be in the running to be on that show. I have had Chris's fine baking goods. And if you follow him on social media, you will see his amazing bakes. Now, where can people find you on social? You can find me on all social media platforms at The Meat Skeleton. That's meat <laughs> as in M-E-A-T. The meat skeleton. Eat me, bitch. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.